0: conversations with the experts. I'm Sarah Heiner, president of Bottomline Inc., the number one provider of expert-sourced, expert-vetted, expert advice that empowers your life. I'm thrilled to be talking today to leading tax expert Ed Mendlowitz. He's a partner at Witham Smith & Brown with over 40 years of public accounting experience. Among his many accomplishments, Ed has testified before the House Ways and Means Committee on Tax Reform, Reduction, and Fairness. He's the author of 25 books, and he is a very long-time member of Bottom Line Personals Panel of Experts. And Ed is also the author of one of our newest blogs, The Payless Tax Man, which has been extremely successful, and everyone should sign up for it by going to our website, BottomLineInc.com. Ed, you are like the new blog star. I just want you to know. So welcome. Hi,
1: Sarah. Glad to be here.
0: Okay. So we are going to talk. We've been talking about marriage. We've been talking about financial strategies for first-time marriage, for subsequent marriages, And then we were just talking about divorce. So we've got multiple podcasts on our website with you, which are all great. And now we've referred to prenups a number of times in each of the segments. So let's talk about prenups, those horrible documents that everybody you can't live with and you can't live without, but it's so important when people get married. And I know, you know, you're not an attorney, but we're going to talk about this financial and tax matter. So let's talk about that. Okay? Okay, Sarah, ready. Okay. So question number one, should everyone get a prenup? No matter how much you think about it as um, being a document of the rich. So when some rich celebrity gets it, because odds are that marriage is going to last about three and a half seconds, or if somebody's out of balance financially, you know, one person has a lot of money, one person not so much. But when you start your marriage, you don't necessarily know what you're going to have later on. So should everybody get a prenup?
1: Well, probably yes. But in a practical matter, if the two people getting married don't have anything then i don't think it matters to get a prenup because everything they acquire is going to be be acquired after the marriage so i don't think it's that important
0: what if wait hold on what if i didn't have anything when i got married except that later on unbeknownst to me grandma left me some money either in trust or out of trust
1: Usually when people get divorced and they inherited money, that's kept separate and it's not put in as part of the uh, the, the total assets.
0: Even if it's not in trust?
1: Even if it's not in trust. Well, no, if, if the money's given to you outright, usually it, it's kept separate even if it's not in trust, yes. But if somebody knows that, they, that there's a, a good possibility they will inherit a lot of money, then they should have a prenuptial agreement and spell it out. I'm talking about two people that don't have anything, don't have any prospects, they both work in maybe a couple of years, modest savings, and, and don't expect to ever inherit anything substantial. I don't think they need a prenuptial agreement. If one of them suspects that some rich aunt or uncle is going to leave them a lot of money, or if they have a wealthy parent. That's going to leave them money. Then they should have a prenuptial agreement because then they're not on equal footing with the other person.
0: How about even like just a parent's house? You know, like my parents might not be rich, but they live a nice little life, and they have a you know a nice house that's you know worth a couple hundred thousand dollars. And I'm an only child, or I might have another sibling or something.
1: Well, I, I, you know, having a prenuptial agreement causes. Just to say I want a prenuptial agreement is going to cause a problem. And, and both parties have to get get attorneys. And, and there's a procedure that you have to go through. Yeah. If the only thing that you might inherit is your parents' house, and, and the likelihood of that one of your parents are going to live 20, 25 years long from now, then you're talking about something that might not happen for 25 years. I would not get crazy about having a prenuptial agreement. Okay, so I
0: shouldn't
1: no, no. do that bottom line paranoia thing to you. I, I wouldn't, but uh, if 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 you know you're going to inherit money or you might inherit a, a you you have an an, an an uncle, an aunt who is a famous painter who might leave you a painting or who, who or might give you a painting, then I would have the prenuptial agreement to to spell it out. Hmm. But, okay. but just just keep in mind that when you get a prenuptial agreement, One of the two parties has to say, I'd like to have a prenuptial agreement, and then they have to deal with the other party that wants to know why. Don't you think the marriage is going to last? Do you have reservations about this? What is going on in your mind? Did I do something to upset you? That's number one. Then, once they get over that, they both must hire an attorney. You can't have a prenuptial agreement prepared by one party and it's given to you over to sign. That will have no effect. Uh, by the way, l- lawyers could better advise on this, but I can tell you from my experience, if, if both if if both parties were not separately representative, represented, the prenup is not going to hold up. And if it's done under duress, it won't hold up. So if it's done three days before the divorce, before the marriage, <laughs> before the marriage, I. Right. I, I Forty and slip there. If it's done three three days before the marriage, that is going to be under duress. I don't care who you, who defines that. So I say, if you're going to do prenup, it should be signed no later than a, than at least a month before the wedding. And if you go to a, a good lawyer, they'll tell you the, the earlier you sign it, the better. And the closer you get to the wedding, to the wedding date, the, the less effect it might have. So these are big issues
0: now. So can you me you Can keep it, I'll call it all business. So we've had, I had to have conversations with my siblings at one point about some financial stuff. And we didn't talk about divorce. We talked about each of us getting hit by a bus, right? So they're not going to plan for divorce. But can you have the conversation, again, if you keep it business, and it's nothing personal, but what if years from now you get hit by a bus? and or I get hit by a bus and now I've gotten some kind of inheritance and rather than go to your next wife and maybe we don't have kids so if they have kids it's different but if we have no kids and I don't want it to go to your next wife I want what I inherited to be able to go to my nieces and nephews or something like can you can you frame the conversation so that it's not quite as threatening?
1: Who, who would you frame the conversation with? Your, your the, the your
0: husband? Yeah, the spouse.
1: Yeah. Okay, the
0: spouse. Now, this is before you're getting married. Before I'm getting married, you're saying, like, so you're, is there so a way to have? Because you said, you know, we've talked about that. It's really critical to have, but it, it is it, an uncomfortable conversation. But can I? Is there a way to frame the conversation in a less um, well, Sarah, you, you offensive way?
1: It differently than what I said i said if they're both on equal footing and they both have no likelihood of inheriting anything if one of them does happen and, and in right. your situation in the example you just gave it's possible that one of the spouses won't be inheriting money substantial money it's also possible that both will be inheriting yes. substantial money yeah, yeah. so in that case you should have a prenuptial agreement and you should spell out in the prenup that whatever i inherit uh, from my parents or whoever uh, is not is part of of the uh, joint assets, that you should both have it for both parties.
0: Yeah, but the, the the conversation, whether both people have assets or not, it's still an awkward conversation of, you don't trust me and how come, you know, you think no, the marriage no, is gonna because,
1: fail? Yeah, they, but, but you also say, well, gee, we're gonna inherit a lot of money and I know that my parents are gonna want it to stay in, in the bloodline and rather than have a problem at a later point, what what stop them from wanting to. In, to leave the money to me let's have the prenup and we could spell it out and they can know we have it and they can know that it's not going to be an issue if they leave me or you or if your parents leave you the money you'll get it as long as you know we're, we're married we're going to have the money together we're right. going to you know we're spending it we'll be investing it with whatever thing together but we want the our parents to have the reassurance that if, if i if i died it won't go to to you and then it'll go maybe to another uh, Another spouse. spouse
0: right so um you said we talked in another segment about in the divorce segment about the fact that it might be faster more expeditious and less painful if the some of the mediation is done just the attorneys and the individuals are not in the room now in this case you're saying that you should have the prenuptial agreement with attorneys have to be present and you need two attorneys not just one is, is this a case where you really do wanna be in the room so that the attorneys don't go hog wild on all the potential reasons why you may or may not have a problem? Well, let me
1: tell you a quick story. I had a client that had a very big business and, and he, his children, his two sons were going to inherit it. And he wanted a prenuptial agreement. The kid, his son had nothing, but he wanted a prenuptial agreement to make sure that that business could never leave the family line. And he asked me to go to the meeting with the attorneys. And also, the, the, both kids came and both kids' parents, mothers came to the meeting also. So we're in a meeting. I'm in the meeting for 15 minutes, and I could see that these lawyers are jockeying to get favor with their attorney, with, with their client, and they're never going to get anything done. And I, I said, I want to, can I say something? I want me, the two clients, and the two mothers to leave the room. I don't want to, and we, we spent 15 minutes. They, my clients are arguing with me, because they wanted to stay. Finally, I prevailed, and we all left. And of course, they got a very good prenuptial agreement done at a much quicker time. The, the th- that's the thing I'm the most proud of, of all the prenups I worked on, getting these kids to leave the meeting. So, so same thing. You don't thing. want the clients around when the lawyers are discussing it. Now, usually when you do a prenup, every party party lists their assets. They list what they have. They list what they think they're going, that they might inherit, that maybe not amounts, but from who. So they list everything. And they list that they have important things, personal things that, that, are, that they cherish. And, and they list it. And then they go to the lawyer. And then their lawyer, represents them, and usually we'll get for them what they want. Both lawyers are not trying to screw the other side. They're trying to get an agreement that the both parties will sign. And and usually these agreements are, are pretty straightforward. They're not – getting a prenup is, is much, much, much less costly and less onerous and less adversarial, probably not even adversarial, that, than a divorce agreement, which is the worst. Oh, well, I'm sure.
0: Thing you go through. So, two quick questions, and then I'm going to take a break. Um, one of them is Can you, I forgot, I for, well, one of them is I totally forgot what the question was. So, we'll ask the second question, and then the other one will come back. <laughs> uh, can you, so, um, can you do LegalZoom.com? Can you know, is there a do it yourself version?
1: Yes, there is, and I totally recommend against it. The only reason that you have a legal agreement is if a problem arises and you want to be legally protected, you want your rights protected. If you're doing it yourself, there is no way that you're gonna real know if you're protecting yourself fully or not. Uh, somebody came up uh, last week with a limited liability company where somebody did it themselves and, and they're now being sued saying that it wasn't done right and it wasn't done right because they left something out and the lawyer told them, well whatever you do for an LLC is okay as long as 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 you don't end up in a lawsuit but the only purpose you're doing it is if you're in a lawsuit so I I would rule against I would advise against doing anything yourself and not going to an experienced lawyer that, that knows what they're doing and um get it done right and have your rights protected and then forget about it and hope you never look at it again the rest of your life.
0: Got it. Okay. I remembered my second question. I'm going to ask it when I come back from this break. Hold tight, Ed. I'm talking to leading tax expert Ed Menlowitz about financial issues. Everyone should consider before they get married for the first time, married for the second time, third, fourth, fifth, and even if they get divorced. Ed has been providing Bottom Line's readers with his tax wisdom for decades, helping them pay their fair share but not any more than that. His insights appear regularly in our flagship publication, Bottom Line Personal, which is filled with information from America's leading experts on not just taxes, but on all aspects of your life, including investing, living a healthy life, travel, insurance, retirement planning and so much more. Bottomline Line Personal has been helping people lead more informed and vibrant lives for over 40 years with our actionable and double fact-checked advice. Subscribe today and get a free bonus book, Bottom Line's Best Bets, full of some of the greatest tips from our experts of all time. Just go to BottomLineInc.com forward slash BLP. That's bottomlineink.com forward slash BLP. All right, Ed, we're back and we're talking about, about prenups. And right before the break, we were talking about having, uh, having prenups done with lawyers for both sides, that you do not want to have a one-sided of only one lawyer, and you definitely don't want to do it yourself because not everybody's rights will be fairly um, represented. So here was the other question that I had, my cliffhanger question. What type of attorney do you need?
1: A divorce attorney. It
0: is. You go to a divorce attorney. You got go to go to
1: attorney that's yeah. what You must. You go to someone who specializes in that area. You don't want to go to a a general practitioner a doctor if you need a heart surgery.
0: How come it's not a tax attorney since there are so many financial implications?
1: No, a, a tax attorney would be for um, to 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 advise you on the settlement and, and maybe the estate aspects. A prenuptial is strictly a legal document. Y- you you have schedule, financial schedules so mm-hmm. you would have an accountant. I prepare a lot of schedules and I review a lot of schedules go on prenups but this is a strictly legal document that you must go to a uh, experienced divorce attorney. okay and, bo- and both parties must go to an experienced divorce attorney and the let's say the husband or the, hus- the if the husband to be has the money, his lawyer cannot recommend an attorney for the for the future wife to go to. She has to get her own attorney. Why is that? That's the big, because, you, you, because you don't want any claims that it wasn't valid uh, or that there was c- collusion. Co- coercion. Right, or coercion? C- 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 coercion?
0: Coercion. You're having the Friday afternoons like I am a little... Um, oh, it's Monday,
1: huh? Um, <laughs> Not. it's the best day of the week. I get to work the whole week.
0: There you go. All right, so let's talk about what should be in a prenup.
1: Well, the first thing is you should list all of the assets that you have, every asset, and then every asset that you expect to get. You should also put in what the, the settlement will be if you get divorced.
0: And by assets... You're you're meaning, besides any kind of money, right, any kind of accounts or financial, it might be a house, it might be a boat, it might be significant jewelry, just anything that you want to be sure is preserved for your lineage. It
1: could could be dishes that have no monetary value but have a big sentimental value. Anything at all that that you want or that you don't want to have to part with or share, you, you put in it. You also put in what kind of, payment will be made to the, uh, to, to the spouse with the less income. So, okay. so you, you want to spell that out. You also want to put in, if, uh, if the marriage lasts two years, let's say uh, you get nothing. If the marriage lasts three to five years, or, or over two years to, to five years, uh, you, you get $1,000 a month. If the marriage lasts 5 to 10 years, you get 2,000 a month. The marriage lasts f- 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 10 to 15 years. you know, And then you say, if, if it lasts 15 to 20 years, then that has no effect anymore. You also want to put in what you were going to leave uh, in, in a will to, to your spouse. Now, a lot of young couples get married. They sign a will. I leave everything to you. And you, and you leave everything to each other. Right. But... But if if one of them has something you want to put in what you're gonna leave them in the will. or or the or the spouse that's not getting the full amount that they would be entitled to under law signs off on not getting the full amount, which could why, be a third and half.
0: Why would depending. I put in the prenup what they're what they're going to get when this is more about like if I die you're talking about well, if, if you I die, die well,
1: Yeah, because but, no, you have a prenup. You have you have one, one party is worth ten million dollars. You, yeah. you have a you a let's say a second marriage, and the other party is worth nothing, and, and the party with the ten million wants to leave nine of the ten million to, to his or her children.
0: Right. So you, so you're so this is I was going to ask you about this. So this is you spell out what if I die versus what if I divorce. So you have two different terms. Two, two
1: different things. Now right. I, I get I left a sliding scale if you get divorced. You could have the same sliding scale if you get if you die, or you could have no sliding scale, and you could say I'm going to leave you half of everything. You know, or you could say I'm going to leave you nothing, but uh, I'm going I'll, to I'll, I'll have a life insurance policy for two million dollars that you would get if I die.
0: So a, m- a million ways to skin this cat, basically, and That's some of right. those are the I- the cases that the lawyers are aware of, but you know, two young people getting married have no clue of the, some of those scenarios.
1: Yeah. Now, what happens is if if the two young people have nothing and they're going to get nothing, it doesn't matter that much. But once somebody has something, they're going to get advice from an accountant or a lawyer about protecting, you know, about what money, what, what they should give. And the other one is going to, wait until they get the proposal and then bring it to the attorney and they're going to discuss it but um, everything is negotiable and what you're trying to do is negotiate something that's fair that works and that doesn't create an, an inequity to other people in the family or who might be in the family
0: right so and i'm going to ask an obvious question but i just want you to say yes absolutely which is different structure for the agreement if there are kids involved versus not.
1: Oh and, yes, absolutely.
0: And I have to again, if I'm just getting married and no kids involved yet, then we have to build into it scenarios of what if we have kids.
1: Yes, you wanna put you wanna put some what ifs in that's harder. But the, the more you put in a prenup, uh and the more thorough it is the easier a divorce settlement might become because a lot of things will be set, will be, uh, will be set up already.
0: Is there a fine line, but, like you but, could but go crazy with scenarios?
1: Yeah, there, there is a fine line and you can go crazy with scenarios, but if you have a lot of money, then, then it's, it's worth getting crazy. If you have no money or you might get something in 25 years, I don't think you should get so crazy. The other thing is, in the prenup, you should talk about the powers of attorney and what kind of powers of attorney the spouse will have. And you should, again, have powers of attorney that do not give any rights to make gifts of the assets. And there's another thing, an IRA account, um, you could sign away, your a, a spouse could sign away their right, or a, an attended spouse could sign away their rights to an IRA account before they're married. They cannot sign away their rights to a 401k or a pension plan, which are ERISA plans, E-R-I-S-A. ERISA plans can't be signed away unless you're married. And if you you don't sign it away, you're absolutely entitled to a third of the assets no matter what. Even if you get
0: divorced? Even if
1: you get divorced. So what you do is, if you're doing a prenup, you would also have an agreement where you give away your rights to the to the pension plans, and and that would be signed right after the wedding. What some lawyers do is they they wait till a couple of returns from the honeymoon. They haven't come in. They set up a meeting long before the wedding, to to go over all the the details and to sign additional documents that weren't signed then. And and a, a good lawyer would have. The disclaimers of the pension plan already filled out and and given to them to sign at that meeting.
0: But I would think that you would have discussed it at your far earlier meeting because that would sure stink if you had your whole prenup discussion, you signed your prenup, and then you come back from the honeymoon and, oh, by the way, I need you to sign away your rights to the pension.
1: Oh, yeah. What, this is part of the negotiation <laughs> with, with the lawyers. So the person the, the person signing it already had their lawyer review it, and sure. they agreed to it. But now they just got to go ahead and sign it.
0: So if life circumstances change for whatever reason, and I'm sure you can come up with circumstances easier, easier than I can, would a prenup, for whatever reason down the road, need to be revised, or can it be replaced with a post Does anything ever you know, negate that prenup. If for whatever reason, something happens.
1: Well, you can always rip up a prenup. You could agree to cancel the prenup. If you want, if one spouse wants to give the other more, there's never a problem and they could always do it outright, or they could do it by setting up a living trust. If they want to take away something that they would be entitled to, uh, because under law or, be, or under the agreement, uh, then I've, I've seen people try to do that. That creates a lot of problems and dissension, and they're usually not going to work. <laughs> but uh, you could always give more. Let's say you have uh, uh, you have uh, people, uh, let's say it's a second marriage, they have a prenuptial agreement, and after being married 10 years, the one with the money wants to give Wants to make sure that his his spouse now gets half of all his assets. He could put he could give it to her outright. He could put it into a living trust, and say when he dies, uh, she gets half. A living trust is a substitute will, and uh, most uh, wealthy people have living trusts. But living trusts are very easy to set up. If people wherever you live, I don't care what state you live in, there are going to be lawyers that have these. Uh, free breakfasts or lunches or dinners where they talk to you about setting up, about putting all your assets in living trusts. I'm not saying you should do that, but there are good reasons to have living trust, and that would be a very good vehicle to, to amend or change and to give more to the spouse uh, after the marriage, irrespective of what the prenup says.
0: Gotcha, all right, well, we could go on forever. Hey, is there a ballpark budgeting cost for a prenup?
1: not really I would say uh, between the you got two attorneys that are going to be involved what, what I usually do is I, I would make a, a list of I, I would write out everything my client would come to me if it's if it's the one with the most money and I would find out exactly what they want I'd put it in writing in a nice i lay it all out the client would agree to it he would then go to his attorney or her attorney and uh, they would they would review with the attorney at that point uh, give it to their intended uh, spouse. Let them look it over. Let them add anything they want or discuss anything. And then at that point, have the the uh, the one with the most money's lawyer draw up the agreement, and the one the other one hire an attorney to review the agreement. And and it has to be done months before the wedding, and uh, it, the costs are of maybe. You know, I, I hate to say a number, but I would say it would probably be under $3,000 for the two of them under that scenario.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. That's far lower. Because I was imagining with all that listing out of everything and then negotiation and the back and forth, that it would be far more than that, of course, depending on the hourly rates well, of the doing attorney. It, yeah, but, yeah. but,
1: but if, if you're dealing with, with a client that's worth $20 million, you, you're looking at way over $10,000 in fees. Joint fees,
0: right? Depending on how complicated they're. That's life is.
1: how complicated what the yeah. assets are, and, yeah, yeah. and don't forget there could be heavy negotiation. The, 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 let's say the the woman has ten million dollars, and the and the husband has. I have a situation where the woman has a lot of money, very wealthy, and the husband, uh, and, uh, and the husband doesn't have any money, and uh, they're married now. they are married, gee, about fifteen years, and 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 she's providing for him to to live. You know, if she dies first he's going to live in, in in the house for the rest of his life all right so yeah and they had a prenup right. where he gets nothing but she she changed it because she's not, she doesn't want to have the guy evicted right. by her kids
0: and i guess it's working out so which is a good thing
1: it's working out good
0: all right all right ed Mendelwitz, thank you so much again prenups divorce first marriage financials, second marriage financials there's so many details regarding it thank goodness that there are experts like you that are out there so thank you, Sarah. <laughs> thank you for participating your blog, the pay less tax man at our website, bottomlineinc.com with all the other podcasts that we're doing. So thank you, Ed. I will talk to you soon.
1: Thank you, Sarah. Bye.
0: Bye.